Rethink Aging, discussions about life, planning, and growing older. I'm your host, Elaine, and with me is my co-host, Robert. Well, hello there. Hello. It's a couple of episodes ago, we talked about technology that can help older people age in place. Yeah, and since then, we've really kept our ear to the ground about which kind of devices are out there and what, what is emerging in that space for users. One of the things we ran across was this device called the GrandPad. It's like an iPad with an interface built around the idea of an older person using it, somebody who hasn't used a computer and has limited abilities to use new technology. Right, and it can overcome like uh, vision loss or cognitive problems that make it hard to operate the tiny buttons that we're all faced with all of the time. So I guess it's worth saying that we aren't sponsored by this company. This is just something that we found in the marketplace. And we reached out to them and said, is there someone you know, who would come on the show and talk about it? And they connected us with their CEO, Scott Lean, who was willing to sit down with us and tell us about the product and answer our questions about it. Great. Let's get into it. Scott, would you like to tell us a little about yourself and your company? Yeah, thanks for having me on your show. Um, so my name is Scott Lean. I'm the CEO and co-founder of GrandPad. Uh, my son and I started the company eight years ago to solve a challenge we saw in our own family. Um, looking forward to telling you more about that and and what we're doing today. But um, I just would open by saying, um, you know, I, we're very very passionate about helping improve the quality of life for seniors by reconnecting them with their family, friends, and caregivers. So I look forward to sharing more about that. Right on. And to tie this back to an earlier episode, we had talked quite a bit about technology solutions that allow people to age in place or to live more fully when they are in a care situation. And this is one of those products. And perhaps you or a family member have tried to use your phone or your tablet with an older relative and run into challenges there. I know that I have. Years ago, when iPads first came out, I tried to show them to my dad, who was very literate and using a computer. And I don't know if I just was a bad teacher or if it just wasn't the right time, but I could not do that. It, it, it just never worked. One of the hard parts about that is the fact that you've got to teach someone how to use this device, and then ultimately kind of go on with your life and leave the device with them, hoping that they will retain everything that you showed them and be able to engage it easily so that it becomes part of what they're doing. So we were really excited when we discovered your product, Scott. Um, do you want to just talk about what it does, you know, on the high level and how people interact with it? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think to comment on what you just said, our design criteria is it should be so easy to use for the, the elderly person. And we lovingly call the folks we focus on super seniors, those <laughs> over the age of 75, those over the age of 75, the average age of our users is 84 years old. So it should be obvious and intuitive to them. And therefore we said, it should not require any user manual and it should not require any training. If you have to train them on it, it's, it, it's, it's too hard. And it's obvious it wasn't designed for them. Now I would use 
this analogy, like you take a device that we all use every day, probably a toaster. We didn't have to be trained on how to use a toaster. It's very obvious. Put the bread in, push the button, you get toast. Um, because it's a well-designed appliance and it does that function very well. The problem, what we've done historically is we've been forcing super seniors to use the device and I'm holding up my smartphone. Smartphones were designed by 30-year-olds for 30-year-olds. Now, there's about a 20-year halo, meaning people maybe as young as age 10 and maybe people as old as age 50 can use a smartphone. But I'm 57 and I know the buttons are already getting too small for me and the font's too small and it's becoming frustrating to me, right? I didn't have any problems when I was younger. So, and and just to further, because it's an important distinction about our product. Um, just like cars, automobiles are designed for adults. We would never expect a 10-year-old child to drive a car, right? It would be frustrating and dangerous for all involved. So that's what we really, that was the aha moment. We're forcing seniors to use products that were not designed with them in need in, in mind. And so with GrandPad, we started with a blank sheet of paper and said, and, and we actually were just the hands that built the product that are grand advisors. We have a group of grand advisors who work for us. They're all in their eighties and nineties. Our oldest grand advisor, Elmer so far was 106 years old. So we spent lots and lots of time with them to build the product that they wanted. And so as an example, and sometimes they didn't know what they wanted but we would observe them and with deep empathy and understanding and patience and asking the seven whys, why, why, why we would get to the solution and and that uncovered all kinds of interesting things um, that I'll share with you that make GrandPad very unique. So now to answer your question more directly, what is GrandPad? GrandPad is a solution that reconnects super seniors, those over the age of seventy five, with their family, friends, and caregivers. That allows them to continue to live independently and live what we call the live grand lifestyle, which is they're confident, they're not frustrated, they're they're safe. You know, sadly, the bad guys and cyber attackers are attacking this age group and they can really enjoy life and enjoy their family. So that's that's what we do. And our and that's our mission. And um, I'm happy to kind of go deeper and explain how we do it, if you like. You know, I just want to talk about one of the things you mentioned, and that is with a smartphone, the text being really hard to read. I mean, I'm 53 and the buttons are very small. And one of the things that you can do is there's, you know, accessibility features and I've got my text turned up pretty big on my phone. But mm -hmm. the problem with doing that is for a lot of applications, it kind of breaks the UI. You know, text right. doesn't format in the way that it's supposed to because the design of the UI is often around a text size that's much smaller. Right. So I can yeah. see where your product, you know, when you're entering that kind of design phase with those criteria in mind, that you can really hit the target a lot better. That's right. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that UI being broken, that's because that UI, the person who built that UI and who tested it was probably a 30-year-old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it worked perfectly for them. But they don't wear bifocals and they don't need, you know, large type. And that's where GrandPad is an eight, eight inch tablet. And so, and purpose built for this age group, things are larger. Like the UI was built to be large 
And uh, I encourage people to look at our website, grandpad.net, and they can see what it looks like there. But you'll see the interface is radically different. It's not iOS that you have on your iPhone. It's not Android. It's a grandpad interface that was built explicitly for this age group. And we hear all the time people will get grandpad and send it to their, you know, 95-year-old grandmother. And they'll be like, you know, I'm not sure if this is going to work, but I'll give it a try. And they call us a week later and go, man, she loves it. She's sending me emails. She never emailed before in her life. She's video calling me. You know, I have troubles doing video calls, but she can easily video call me. Um, she's playing games. She's listening to music. I, you know, I, I didn't think this would work, but it's like magic. It works. So we, we hear that all the time. I love the fact that you have a, you had a group of older people drive the design. Yeah, it's, and it's, they're so fun to work with and they're such brilliant, wise people. And they we know just, what they need, right? They know, they know what, what they, they need. And not, none of us, none of us have ever been 90 before. I hope I get there. None of us know, thankfully, you know, some of the challenges they have, whether it's tremors or hearing issues or one of our grand advisors, John, he has uh, serious macular degeneration. He was a doctor, brilliant guy. And, you know, he can, he, he's, he struggles with his iPhone. Now he has an iPhone and he has a grandpad. He prefers using his grandpad because he can see it and it's easier. And he's like, this is my transition pretty soon. I'll only use my grandpad. And we just take all those things to account. And I'll, I'll tell you a story about how uh, one of the features we have wireless inductive charging. So you don't have to plug it in. You just set it on this that I'm showing. I encourage people to look on the website, the wireless charger. There's a nice little docking station. It's got a nice long cord. You can't pull the cord out accidentally. That would frustrate the senior. The way we learned and why we did this, and this was not an easy thing to do from an engineering standpoint, but why we did it is I was in the home of one of our grand advisors um, early on when we were getting some of the initial requirements and she had an iPad and she had it plugged in and she'd kind of duct taped on the, the charger cord so it couldn't pull off. And then she had a 50 foot extension cord so she could walk around her house with her iPad plugged in. And I said, you know, Anna, you know that there's a battery in that, right? You don't have to leave it plugged in. She said, no, 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 I, I understand. But she said, one time the battery went dead and I couldn't plug it in again. And she held up her hand and her hand was, she had severe tremors. And she said, I, I can't plug in something like that. So I had to wait a week until my son was able to come and get it. So then we duct taped the sign, he plugged in a long cord. Now I can move around the house and I don't have to worry that it's going to, you know, battery's going to go dead. So that's when it's like through that observation and empathy, we learn, aha, let's have wireless inductive charging so that you can just set it there and don't have to ever plug in that cord or cable. And, and that is such a great example of the kind of challenge that you don't see when you're trying to implement this sort of thing with an older person. You know, that, that simple act of plugging it in can right. be overwhelmingly difficult. And I mean, just as someone who's been using technology a long time, if you are familiar with the original USB connector, that thing is perpetually upside down. You know, like no matter how many times you turn it around, it's still the wrong way somehow. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that, you know, that, that kind of thing can be really difficult to get across to someone. Because yeah. I've been trying to get older people to use 
you know, this is back in like in the days of laptops and desktop PCs to try to implement that in someone's life when they had to call on the modem, you know, and connect their email software and write an email to me so we could communicate. I mean, the, the challenges that you don't see going in because you are so accustomed to the experience you're having as a younger person. No, no, it's a great point. And the, the other thing I would add to that is we think about design. What, what we really are is we're a design company that's, that's created a, a, a bespoke custom solution designed just for this age group. We've taken into account every touch point, every customer interaction from the beginning all the way to the end. So as an example, um, easy to open packaging, right? We've all gone to the store and bought some electronics and they come in those plastic clamshell packaging, right? right. You got to have a hammer and a knife and a scissors to get it open. Many of our, you know, A, that frustrates all of us, but B, many of our customers need to take medication like Warfarin, which is a blood thinner, right? For health issues. I mean, if you get a serious cut on your finger, it can be life-threatening. So, you know, we don't want to have our box require a knife to open it. So we we designed a custom senior-friendly packaging that's easy to open. The other touch point, again, that a lot of companies don't think about, and this was through observation, we saw how seniors are frustrated. Oftentimes, they're very reluctant to call for help because as soon as they call, they're greeted by these VRUs that say, press one for this, two for this, three for that. And they're frustrated before they even get started. And then they say, please enter your 15 digit customer number. Right. They're like, I don't know what my customer number even is or where it is. So they just give up and they, they get so frustrated. We've all been there. So we change that. We have seven by 24 customer care that a human being always answers within 15 seconds. Wow. Thank you for calling Grandpad. How can I help? And we don't ask for customer number, all that nonsense. And, and just that little act of thinking just drives huge um, customer delight and loyalty. Um, and people go, you know, I love GrandPad because of the whole solution, all the pieces, the hardware, the software, the packaging, the customer service, all of that we've thought through. The, the fact that you're 24-7 too, right? Have you, I mean, the frustration of I have to wait two more hours before somebody's going to answer the phone. Yeah. And it's 365. We, you know, a lot of grandpad is oftentimes given as a, as a Christmas gift. So if senior opens it on Christmas morning and has a question, we're there to help them. And does it come to them all set up? It, it does. Yeah. It's all pre-configured. So the model, like if you go to the website, grandpad.net and you put in an order and you can call us and we'll take your order of the phone. We have live chat, or if you want to do it directly yourself, e-commerce, we just ask a few simple questions. What's grandma's name? Where does she live? Where do you want us to ship it? And so it all gets set up when, when grandma opens it, it's already configured for her. We, we configure them in our factory, which is in Texas, and it's sent out. It's already personalized and configured for that end user. Um, the family then gets invited into that circle of care and they get an invite um, and me as the family administrator, I say, I want to invite my brother, my sister, my uncle, my cousin. They all get a nice little email. They click on it. That automatically installs the app and connects them in. And it prompts them, hey, please start sharing pictures with the family. When, when grandma then opens her grandpad, 
her family's already all set up and configured. She can see pictures from them. She can video call. So there's no setup required on grandma. It, our design criteria, what we aim for, we call it the 90-90 rule, that a 90-year-old will love Grandpad within 90 seconds, which means <laughs> the package was easy to open. There was no, you know, we've all, when we buy a new smartphone, it's like a day project to get it all set up. Right. All that's done in advance. What they see is pictures and videos of the grandkids and they can start doing video calls right away and then they fall in love. And they don't need to have the internet, right? You've no. got something built in. That's right. Yeah, thank you. Great question. So that we also saw was a huge point of frustration. Um, it's less than half of this age group has reliable internet in their home. They either don't have it at all or they don't know Wi-Fi password or it doesn't work well in the bedroom because the router's too far away or whatever. So we decided from the beginning that we were going to build in the data connectivity. So we have 4G LTE cellular data, just like we all have on our smartphones. That's built in and that's included in the service. You, you don't have to go sign up with Verizon or AT&T or whoever. You just get GrandPad and it works and you're connected uh, to the internet. You've got, and it's, and it's all included in the price. There's no, you don't have to keep track of gigabytes or anything. That's all part of the flat fee. This is as you described, a bespoke technology device that is for a particular demographic of people. How many versions of this have you been through, like in the market? Is this the third, you know, GrandPad 3 or whatever? Like, how, how does that kind of versioning work for you guys? Yeah. So uh, we'll be eight years old uh, this fall. And uh, we've literally been through thousands of iterations. We basically do updates and improvements every single week. So eight years times yeah, 52 weeks, whatever that number is. Um, now, that's all the improvements. In terms of major sort of changes to what you see as the physical hardware and the docking station, we're on the third iteration and version. But they actually, um, all of that is... Um, seamless and transparent to the end user. They don't see those changes. You know, we quickly landed on this form factor within the first year and now we've just been evolving from that. But like the software and other things like I just showed you the um, the Moods app, that's something that just got added in the last three months. So um, we're always improving, but um, we also are very mindful of we don't change we don't change things. I think we've all used our, our phones or even different apps. And like all of a sudden one day you wake up, the app got updated and I'm lost. I don't, I can't figure out how to even use it. Right. We don't do that. We basically have settled on the UI and basic structure seven years ago and we haven't changed that. We're, we're extending things, but we're not changing the base because we don't want to confuse the existing customers. And when you add in a new feature, like the mood thing, that just goes to everybody? It does. Yep. Yep. We will add things in and they're usually kind of, uh, it's very transparent on how we do that. And then some things people don't want, they can, they can be turned off. We can do that for them or they can do it themselves. We've talked many times about different cohorts of older people, you know, the younger old people, middle old people, and then older old people. And I'm curious for you, in providing this kind of technology to people, have you seen any shift in the offerings that you're making to people based on younger cohorts coming in 
with more technical knowledge or different interest areas? Has that steered the offering that you have at all? No, we definitely we definitely see a lot of diversity in older people, right? So, you know, AARP defines seniors as age 50 plus, right? We've right. all, when we turn 50, we got solicited by AARP. <laughs> we, that's why we very, we very clearly, what we're focused on is what we lovingly call super seniors, age 75 and older. We find there is more um, similarities in that group than differences, but within that group, there's five or six kind of main types of people that we focus on. And we've got a great offering for all of those five major categories within that super senior age group. Um, and generally, uh, you know, cause what, what we see is age 75 and it varies. Sometimes it's earlier, sometimes it's later, but somewhere between age 60 and 80, that's when kind of life really starts to happen and you start to have some of the physical and cognitive impairments that can affect you um, that makes standard technology really difficult to, or to the point of being unusable. Might be eyesight issues, might be hearing issues, might be tremors, might be cognition. Um, and, and so that's where our value proposition is strongest. But we, we're, we're best for people that have either never used technology, which there's a lot in that age group, or people that are frustrated with standard technology because of, of you know, their, their age and some of the things that they're affected, uh, that affect them. Like I said, we have many people, they might have uh, a smartphone that they carry in their pocket, but they only use it to take inbound phone calls, right? They don't really use apps because it's so frustrating to them and they don't know their Apple ID and password and they just don't want to be bothered with that. And so they use GrandPad for everything else. I work for a company in more of an IT role, and I've always had to spend a lot of time filtering our email or protecting our employees from scammers or things like that. And we all know that scammers are coming after old people all the time. So how much effort do you guys have to put forward to keeping people, the bad people, out of your technology solution? Uh, yeah, we, we spend a lot of time and resource on that. I mean, remember my, my son and I started this company for my mom. And so it was, it is and was, and continues to be very personal for us. My 89 year old mother-in-laws are our number one uh, user. And so, you know, I'm protecting people who I love and extending that to all of our thousands and thousands of users. So it was built that way from the ground up and, my background before starting this company as head of mobile innovation at Intuit in Silicon Valley, the Mint, TurboTax, Quicken yeah. people. There we were dealing with people's financial information. So I learned a lot about security and data protection there. Prior to that, I was CIO at Bank of America, where I was in charge of all of online and mobile banking. We supported millions of people's banking. So um, I'm bringing that set of experiences and then hired a whole technology team to to make sure that that's built in from the ground up and there's dozens of things that we, that we do, but it's, it's, and what's different about our product, unlike Facebook and some of the social media companies, you know, their value proposition is we're going to provide a free service to you end user of Facebook. You get to use it. doesn't cost you anything, but that the value exchange is you're giving us access to your data. And we're going to use that and we're going to do our best to protect it, but we're, 
we're, we're using that data to sell advertising to you and other people, right? That's, they're very clear about their value proposition. Our value proposition is very different. You pay us a subscription fee. We're providing a valuable service. We're, you know, giving you a piece of hardware. We're giving you access to the internet, this 4G LT cellular data. We're providing 24 by seven customer care. You, you, you pay us for that service. In return, it's your data. We don't sell it to anyone. We don't have advertising. You know, we're not, we're not taking your data from you. It's, it's your data. So that fundamentally kind of changes how we think. And it's all about protecting our customers' data. They're paying us for a service. Boy, I, I really appreciate you taking that question, answering it in the way that you did. That is, uh, that is admirable. Um, I'd want, like to know a little bit more about, there was an enterprise version. And I think from what I read that that is used in like a nursing home or something. Yeah, that's right. Our, our, yes, sorry. Our, our business is split pretty evenly, 50-50. 50% is what we call B2C, direct-to-consumer. And that's most typically, you come to our website, grandpad.net. It's me, the 50-year-old son, buying for my 80-year-old mother for her birthday or Mother's Day or um, Christmas. Um, and, and that's the B2C consumer version. Then we have our B2B enterprise healthcare version, that we sell in bulk to various healthcare payers, providers, facilities. Um, and they buy you know, hundreds of grand pads at a time and then they integrate them into their business, their service, their care delivery system. So uh, as an example, we work with a lot of the big home care companies, people like Home Instead and Comfort Keepers and other of the major um, home care providers where they, integrate GrandPad into their service. And, you know, when you get a caregiver, you also get GrandPad that is used for them to deliver their care. What an interesting business you have. Thank you. It's, uh, I feel like it's the reason I was put on earth. I worked for 35 years prior to this in technology, product development. You know, I highlighted some of the things I've done and that was all training to get me ready to, you know, start this company and run this company. And, um, it's, it's fun and it's extremely rewarding. And I just feel we're doing really important work helping, you know, we've reached more than 1.3 million people now, um, the seniors, their families and caregivers in 120 countries. And, uh, you know, so it's way bigger than I ever thought it could be, but so I'm, I'm thrilled with that progress. We've covered a lot of ground in eight years, but there's millions and mil tens of millions of people more that need our help right now. We all know there's just so many seniors that are lonely and isolated right now that don't have a solution like this. And so whether it's us. Particularly during the pandemic. During, you know. Yeah. During, I mean, this social isolation was, was horrible before COVID. It's absolutely catastrophic now. And I, you know, I'm not one to over hype, you know, hype something, but it's, it's a bad situation. You know, we have to get a product like GrandPad or, something else in their hands so they can be connected to the outside world. And, and as an example, when thank God, when the COVID vaccine came out and we, you know, went to deploy it to the elderly people first, but remember those days, you know, uh, when was that last like fall winter, you know, a year ago, how hard it was to find. And you had to go online to figure out, you know, well, where can my mom who's you know 75 go to get it? 
think of all those seniors that have no connection to the internet. They were all scrambling and they had to have someone help them. So, you know, to, to live and thrive in today's world, you've got to be digitally connected. And, and this is the way for super seniors to do it. I had a friend living in a nursing home who was about 90 and I used to take my iPad up and just give it to her to swipe through the photos. And it was, she loved it. Right. And, but her daughter lives in New York and it would have been great if they had had something like this where my friend could have just downloaded photos to her mom to look at every day. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, we, we, uh, we have a slideshow mode. So when, when the grandpad is sitting on the charger, it automatically goes into the slideshow mode and the pictures just scroll by and then it puts the date and time and the temperature up. So Many of our seniors just use that, and you know, they have it in the docking station and they kind of watch it like a TV. Like a photo screen thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like those digital photo frames, but then it's, it's live. They see a photo, they can tap on it, they can comment. And then their family all sees the comment on the companion app on their phone. So it creates dialogue and in the family. Yeah. That's a good way to put it too, because that is a big part of bringing people together is to, have a streamlined way for people to have that kind of incidental communication that younger people are accustomed to having all of the time. Like with our children, they are constantly just saying two or three words to us all of the time. And to bring that experience into someone who is in a care situation or is socially isolated, like we were talking about, is huge, you know, especially for your mental well-being and just your feeling of connectedness. I'm interested in how the demographics work out for your product. Like, are you in more rural areas or cities, or is there any particular part of the country where you're getting more market penetration? If you draw a map of the U.S., and we've we've done this where the seniors live, and obviously there's more, more seniors in terms of percent of the population in Arizona, Texas, Florida, we exactly map nationwide to where the seniors are. The only part of the country where we kind of over-index and we have more grandpads than there are, you know, kind of percentage-wise and seniors is a bit in the Midwest. Uh, we started here. We've got a lot of our team, our headquarters in Minneapolis. We've got a lot of press and coverage in the Midwest. We've been on TV a lot in the Midwest. So um, we over-index a bit in kind of Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin. But otherwise, it falls, you know, all 50 states, um, Alaska, Hawaii. We sell the grandpad tablet also in the UK and Ireland and, and have very nice business there. And then the family, the companions, the kids, the grandkids, and their caregivers are in 120 countries. So grandma lives in Chicago and she's got a son in Los Angeles and a daughter in Tokyo and a cousin in you know South Africa. And those people are all connected and using the companion app. And and Families, you know, families are very geographically d- distributed, right? And so this lets bridges that digital divide and brings everybody together no matter where they are. You know, it's a pretty brilliant approach to be able to leverage all of the existing technology that other people in the family already use to allow them to supply the connection and the photos and, you know, information to their older relative like that. You know, I think if you were coming into this from scratch and you were going to create your own standalone device that was particularly for this market, you might naturally think about like having some 
matching device that a younger person would have to use. And, and that would just, you know, that, that would be kind of a big undertaking, but it's great to see how you've been able to utilize all of the iPhones and Android phones that are already out there. So people can just be in that circle of connection already. Yeah, totally. You got to meet people where they are and, and, you know, the younger generation, you know, they all do have smartphones and they're very comfortable downloading apps and using apps. So we just leverage that. We've got a great companion app that they use. Um, uh, we, we know a lot of people are on Facebook, so we actually have an interface into Facebook. So if somebody wants to post photos on Facebook, but still have grandma see it on her grandpad, we have that. Wow. Um, you know, lots of people like to use Zoom, just like we're using right now. And so we have a um, Zoom on grandpad, so you can, you can, and it's really easy. Grandma doesn't have to install Zoom. And we all, you know, we've all had problems with Zoom and all of them. We've, we've worked out all those kinks. Just click on this and she's immediately connected to the whole family who's on Zoom. And uh, we've had tons of great stories during COVID of families doing, you know, family get togethers, parties, birthday parties on Zoom, on grandpad with grandma who's, you know, 100 years old, who's in a facility in Iowa and, you know, bringing the family together. I just wanted to commend you for the terminology that you guys have come up with for your product and for how you relate to your customers as super seniors. Um, Mm -hmm. We did an episode that was, it was called, uh, what what does old mean anyway? And we just talked about the terminology that people use to refer to older people. And there's always been like a bit of, you know, the, the bad feelings that come up when you're referring to someone in some way and then later they have to think about, you know, how you were referring to them, you know, and, and it can be as simple as just being called old, like some not old people get, get kind of weird when you say that stuff to them. And coming yeah. up with terms like super senior is, uh, you know, it, it really keeps that uh, enthusiasm for being in that group. Hopefully it's coming out. I mean, we really love working with these people, uh, this age group. Uh, they're fun, interesting. They're the wisest people amongst us, right? right? And it it makes sense. I mean, you you and I'm not talking about knowledge, talking about wisdom. Wisdom you accumulate through life's experiences, the ups and downs and challenges of life. That's what really gives you wisdom. So there's just no way that, you know, and I think of myself when I was 20, you know, and I was book smart, I was in college and I, th- I thought I knew a lot, but I, I didn't have much wisdom because I just didn't have enough miles on the car. Now that I'm 57, I would say now, you know, given that I've, I've worked with a lot of people who are over the age of 105 and seen how vibrant they are, I would say I'm half done. And uh, I, I hope I'm lucky enough to make it to 110. I've met, um, and I know that, every year that I get older, um, I get wiser and look how much we've all learned from COVID and how that challenged and has brought out the best in people and brought out the worst in some people. And, but you know, that's an experience that none of us will forget. And I want to tell you a little story about that. And speaking of grand advisors, one of our very early grand advisor was a brilliant, beautiful soul here from Minnesota. Her name was Anna. She was 114 years old. Um, I got introduced to her through my aunt who was friends with her 85 year old daughter. And um, Anna, I got to spend a bunch of time with her and she helped us. She was helping us test our product age 114, seventh oldest person in the world at the time. 
So, you know, and just chatting with her, I, I asked her, I said, you know, Anna, you were born in 1900. You've seen a lot of things in your life of 114 years. Tell me, what are some of the things that stand out in your life? And I thought, you know, other than personal, like her family and so on, maybe it'd be like, you know, landing on the moon or World War II or something like this. Well, that, when I asked her that question, what stands out in your life? Remember, she was born in 1900. Without a pause, she said, the Spanish flu epidemic in 1917. Wow. And it, when I asked her this question, it was five years ago. So way before COVID. And I said, wow, you know, I wasn't that good in history. What, you know, tell me, what, tell me, I'd kind of vaguely heard about this, but I didn't really remember because again, before COVID, we didn't talk about it. She said, yeah, Spanish flu epidemic, it killed a huge, huge portion of the world's population. Everyone was sick. You know, of course, we didn't know as much about modern medicine as we do now. You know, we thought it was like the end times. Like we thought everybody was going to die. She said it was horrible. But, you know, we all wore masks and people isolated and we got through it. And, you know, here I am 100 years later, you know, and and so she and what we found with COVID now is super seniors are actually kind of weathering the storm, even though, sadly, many have died, but they're weathering the storm better than most people. Mentally, because mentally, yeah, yeah because. They've been through life's ups and downs. My aunt, who's 84, I, I visit her. I do video calls with her on Grandpad all the time. She's in a nursing home in Iowa. And she was she was literally locked down in a 15 by 15 room for like five months, right? I mean, when they were early in tight lockdown. And I talked to her, you know, multiple times a week. And she had such a great attitude. She's like, well, you know you know, life has its ups and downs. We'll get through it. She said, you know, this was nothing like World War II when, you know, we didn't even have food. We were rationing sugar and stuff. She goes, you know, we'll make it. We'll be okay. You know, we'll get through it. That was her attitude. And versus, you know, other younger people have really struggled. And uh, so I think back to your question, we're just really lucky to work with these brilliant people. We learn from them. They have true wisdom. And so, I think we all, us young people, we have an obligation to give them these kind of tools and capabilities so they can be connected and really enjoy life. The thing I would ask everyone to do is, you know, pick up the phone today and call a super senior in your life. And if you have a grandpad, video call them, or if you have a way to, a video call is 10 times richer for them uh, a phone call is good, but a video call is great. Um, you know, I did video calls with my mom all the time. And think about it, also that our parents, you want to see your kids. And my mom would always say, oh, you got new glasses. Oh, you got your hair cut, right? She, you can't see those things on a, on a phone call. So call, at a minimum, call a super senior. Ideally, you can video call. If you don't have a way, consider getting grandpad. But we, we can all make time to do that, right? You can do it when you're in the car. You can do it while you're on a walk take even if it's a short call take three minutes to do that and then do it every day it will mean the world to them and it will help them so much so call a super senior that you know and love today please during our conversation you had showed us that when the senior can email they can just hit record and now you have you end up with that wealth of messages from your mom or you from your grandma and that is 
really cool. Yeah, you know, we we know that uh, you know, my my mom was um, 80 when we first got grandpad and fortunately she lived for a number of years, but she's she's gone now. And uh, and I have a whole treasure trove of all. And of course, this all disclosed to her. She she knew and she was honored. She she's like she would tell me these stories and the yarns and we, you can do it both on the audio um, calls, the, 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 the emails that she'd send are a recording, but you could also record the video calls. And I have all those. So it's just me and my mom chatting, just like we're doing right now. And I have all those recorded. And someday, you know, her great, great, great grandchildren who aren't even born yet will will be able to see her, their grandma Marlis. And she was an amazing woman and, and they'll be inspired by her. And so, um, you know, that those kind of capturing, we call that capture the memory. You know, you, you, you don't ever want to forget about, you know, our, our elders and the wisdom that they brought, and that's a great way to capture it. Well, that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for being with us, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Great talking to you, and I appreciate you helping spread the word about Grandpad. Right on. Have you used the GrandPad or something similar? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at rethinkagingofficial at gmail.com or find us on Instagram. We are at rethinkaging. Thanks for listening.